Hi, and thanks for downloading episode one of OTR Playlist. The purpose of this podcast was basically um, I was tired of transferring files back and forth to my phone from the computer, downloading them, and then taking them off, putting new ones on. Uh, so I thought, well, since I'm trying to make a collection of my own uh, locally on my computer of old-time radio shows, I figured when I download them, I might as well upload them to my hosting and uh, make a podcast form out of it. That way I don't have to hook the phone up to the PC and worry about taking them off and putting them back on. It's easier just to do it in a podcast format. So I thought, well, since I'm doing it, why not just post it in iTunes and all over the place and the people that enjoy old-time radio shows can uh, subscribe themselves if they want. So my plan is to usually put about well, three to six episodes uh, of different different shows um I, I think what i'll probably do is maybe go with a theme um so whether it be uh, sus- suspenseful type uh, old-time radio shows western radio shows um something more of like an espionage or detective type or even comedies so there's a, so many old-time radio shows and i am by far no expert on them i just know that i do enjoy them uh, so I'm trying to make my own collection, like I said. Uh, a lot of this stuff is pretty much available on the Internet Archive, where there's uh, a lot of audio and video public domain items up there for people to uh, download and enjoy. So I hope you enjoy this if you're subscribing. This week, the, the beginning of OTR Playlist, this week I'm going to be doing a few episodes of The Mel Blank Show. Um, they're just some random episodes that uh, I enjoyed. And if you're not familiar with the Mel Blank show, I'm sure everyone's familiar with Mel Blank, the man of a thousand voices, as he's known. Uh, voice of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, Foghorn, Leghorn, Tasmanian Devil. Um, well, he did a lot of, he did some appearances on the, the uh, Jack Benny show back in the 40s. And uh, the success from that. Uh, he ended up getting his own CBS radio show, and it ran from September 3rd of 1946 to June 24th of 1947. And in the show, Mel does a lot of uh, different voices for different characters, but he basically is a uh, owner of a fix-it shop. Uh, but let's just say he's not the most talented fix-it guy. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. Here's episode one of OTR Playlist, The Mel Blank Show. This first episode of the Mel Blank Show is from September 24th, 1946, entitled Mel Tries to Fix a Water Heater. You've heard Mel Blank as the happy postman. Hello, Mrs. Burns. Here's your mail. My Mrs. Burns, remember? Smile. You've heard him as the famous train caller. Train leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Coop. Come You've heard him as the lovable character Zookie. Well, in, in the picture shop, I'm the president of the president of the I'm the vice president of the I'm the treasurer of the treasurer. I sweep out the place. You've heard him as the famous Warner Brothers cartoon character Bud Bunny. I can't stand. Now hear him as the star in his own show. Hello, Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. You bend it, we mend it. 
ahead, drop in at Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Ladies, does your husband's blood boil when you ask him to fix the electric toaster? Hmm? Does he act bored when you ask him to mend the ironing cord? Hmm? Does he threaten to go home to father when you put him to all this bother? Well, does he? That's what I thought. You can put an end to all this if you get to know Mel Blanc, who can make anything run smoothly, except his romance with Betty. Gosh, Betty, we always seem to be fighting. Mel, I'm not really fighting with you. I love you. Don't you know that when two people are in love, there's bound to be a little fighting? Joe Lewis and Moriello weren't in love very long, were they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mel, you're such a fool. Oh, thanks, Betty. Gosh, you know I mean well. I know it, but you kept me waiting three hours last Saturday while you were fixing Mrs. Allen's lawnmower. Well, it was a big job. But you weren't satisfied just fixing the lawnmower. You had to trim the hedges and mow the lawn. And then... Yeah? What did you charge it? Fifty cents. <laughs> the idea of charging anything like that. Well, honey, these people just have to get used to paying through the nose. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. You see, you're just not a good businessman. Take yesterday's job on Mrs. Nelson's baby carriage. You were paid specifically to fix the hood. But no, you weren't content. You had to change the wheels and the tires and the color. Is there anything you didn't change? I didn't change the baby. <laughs> oh, now, I'm serious. Now, look, my father discovered a leak in the water heater, and I think I talked him into letting you fix it. Oh, that's swell, honey. I'll get my kit and go right over. Oh, no, not so fast. He's coming over here himself. He still only has half a mind to hide you. Oh, that's all right. I've never been hired by anybody with half a mind before. <laughs> oh, now, don't you see? This is your chance to impress us. Oh, don't worry about us. Your father and I have a perfect understanding. You do? Sure. There's nothing he wouldn't do for me, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. That's the way it's been for five years. We hadn't done a thing for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, look, instead of just fixing the leak, convince him you're the one to do all the repairs around the house. Oh, that's easy to say, but every time your father opens his mouth, I I put my foot in it. I I mean, well, all I know is somebody's foot is in somebody's mouth, and... Well, it's not comfortable. <laughs> oh, your trouble is you're not firm enough. When you're talking to him about the house, stand up to Father. You're right, Betty. That's the spirit. I'll stand up to him and say, listen, Mr. Colby, your foundation is loose. Your frame is out of shape. You should do something about that bay window in the front. Honey, that's wonderful. Boy, is he a mess. No. <laughs> oh, I mean the house. But anyway, if your father tries to interrupt me, I won't let him get a word in edgewise. Oh, darling, here comes father. Now, don't forget to search yourself. Be firm. Don't worry, honey. As soon as he walks through that door, I'll be on him like a tiger. Mr. Colby? Well, what is it? (laughs) Would you be put out if I told you there's something wrong with your house? I've been trying to put that certain something out for the past five years. Any luck? I mean, uh... Father, that's not fair. Mel's really got some wonderful ideas. Well, let him get to the point. You forget I manage a supermarket. I'm a busy man. Now, (laughs) what do you intend doing to my house and why? Well, first thing, I'd remove that tall, skinny thing you see as soon as you enter. And what's wrong with Mrs. (laughs) Goldberg? No, I I mean that old-fashioned hat rack. Oh, nonsense. Father, this is such a good time to fix the house while Mother's away visiting and Cousin Gussie's due any day for her yearly visit. Oh, your mother's cousin. 
Well, ever since your mother and I have been married, dear cousin Gussie has been coming to the house in September and hibernating until April. Gosh, September till April. All the months with an R in it. Is she a cousin or an oyster? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh. Oh, I'd give anything to keep that woman away. And you, you want me to fix the place over for her. Please, Daddy. Oh, all right. Make up an estimate. I'll be back around noon. In the meantime, you go over to the house and fix that leak. Okay, Mr. Leak. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Colby. Goodbye. Come on, Betty. Oh, I'm proud of you, darling. I'll see you later. I'm coming, Father. Goodbye. Boy, I guess I told him. Now i got to show him. Oh, Uncle Rupert. What is it, nephew? Sorry I'm late. Took me a little longer than usual combing my hair this morning. Well, you still haven't got it on straight. <laughs> <laughs> I must do something about that crack in the mirror. I will get my pot in the wrong place. <laughs> well, listen, Uncle Rupert. We've got to fix a leak in Mr. Colby's hot water heater. Now, will you take Zookie and get over there in the pickup truck? The pickup truck. I'd like to see you get rid of that thing. But why? Well, I could pick up much more in the shiny new station wagon. <laughs> oh, cut it out. Hey, now look. When you're through with that leak, be sure to tidy up the cellar, mop up the floor, and wash the window. Shall I put a big red bow on the oil burner? Yeah, put a big... <laughs> no, look, Uncle. Why do I have to go? Why can't your brilliant assistant Zuki take care of it? Uncle, I don't want Zuki to go over and ball things up by himself. I want you to help him. <laughs> oh, you want me to help Zookie ball things up? Oh, stop, kid. Now get going, will you? Okay. Oh, Zookie, Zookie, come here. We have a little job to do. Well, I, I'm all this bit tired I'm completely tired of... I just untied myself. <laughs> come on, let's get going. Zookie, if you work real hard, someday you may be a partner in the fix-it shop. In uh, me? Uh, a partner? Oh, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be would be wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't afford it. Now look, Blank, I'm in a hurry. Just what is it you want to do to my house? Well, Mister Colby, that door that leads to the back porch that should be put on the entrance to the parlor so people can get a little privacy. Huh. So you and Betty can have privacy. A lollydoddle. Lollydoddle. Please, what? Oh, uh, pardon me, Mr. Colby. Make it snappy. I'm in a hurry. Oh, yes, sir. Hello, Mel Blank's Fix-It Shop. You bend it. We mend it. Oh, Melvin, this is Uncle Rupert. I'm at the Colby house, and I wanted to check up on what we were to do here. Well, Uncle, I told you what to do. Betty, Mel's plans look too complicated. Oh, no, it's easy. All you have to do is take that door off the back porch and put it on the entrance to the parlor. Then knock out that small window over the sink and make it larger. Anything you say, Mel. Goodbye. Huh? Oh, oh goodbye, Uncle Rupert. Now, look, Mr. Colby, this is really a very simple problem. I just can't believe that Mel wants us to change those doors. Mel knows what he's doing. You know, if, if someday he, he's going to be a captain of industry, the industry, he'll be a lieutenant, he'll be a sergeant. He's going to have a door marked private. Dookie, I'd better get on the phone again and check. We can't afford to make any mistakes on this job. Mel Blank, fix the shop. You bend it, we mend it. 
Melvin, your voice has changed. Oh, Uncle Rupert, this is Daddy. Mel's busy. Do you know what Mel wants to have done in your house? Oh, yes. He, he's just discussing with Father. He wants to take the door off the back porch and put it in the parlor and make the kitchen window bigger. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Well, thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it, it, did you find out uh, what we have to do? Yes, and I don't understand it, but Mel and Betty say that we have to change the door from the back porch to the parlor and put a big window in over the sink. Well, let's get busy. We really have to knock this place apart. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this ought to be fun. <laughs> Well, Mel seems to be getting nowhere with his plans for Betty's father's house, but through a misunderstanding over the telephone, Uncle Rupert and Zookie have literally torn the Colby house apart. Neither Mel or Mr. Colby has any idea what's happened. Hey, this ought to be good. Pardon me while I listen. Gosh, Betty, it'll be swell if your father lets me make these alterations on his house. Yes, darling. You know, honey, when I was working on the plans, I got to thinking of the home we're going to have someday. Did you, darling? Uh-huh. And a funny thing, I saw an ad in the paper offering just a kind of a deal for us. It said, two-bedroom honeymoon cottage, near transportation and shopping district, a unit heat, unhampered view, $40 a month. Oh, well, that sounds too good to be true. Where is it? 916 Pine Street, Ketchikan, Alaska. <laughs> oh, seriously, I've been thinking of a cottage like that ever since we first met. Do you 
Remember the first time we met? Do I? Do you remember the first kiss? Yes. I can still feel it burning on my forehead. Well, I didn't want to sweep you off your feet. <laughs> oh, Mel, darling, I think this is the turning point for you. Yeah, after I tie up this job, there'll be bigger ones. And before you know it, I'll, I'll get a cash register. Yeah. You know, you'll have to learn to blow your own horn a little bit. What do you mean? Well, when you're working at our house, put our sign out. This renovation job by Mel Blank. Oh, yeah. Sure, everybody takes credit for his work. For instance, when an artist is through, he always signs his name. Whistler, Michelangelo, Rembrandt. Yeah, and Kilroy. <laughs> Why, everybody who sees that Simon go around saying, that job is Mel Blank. That's Mel. Gee, that sounds great. That's Mel. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Lucky, are you sure you know how to fix that water pipe? Why, do I? I, I was a top-ranking student in the school of Bittler. Uh, Bittler. Uh, I was the highest-ranking engineer. engineer. I was the class valedictorian. Boy, am I a dunce. As I see it, all that's needed is a couple of new washers. Oh, no, no, uh, yeah, that won't work. There's too much pressure. I'll have to bend the pipe. Go ahead and bend it. Can you bend it by yourself? Oh, easily. And, and now watch. I'll, I'll just uh, pull a little like this on the rear end. It will be rain. Well, I'll just uh, force the I'll just give it a little. Hey, you got a stick of dynamite in the house? Cookie, please hurry. That leak is getting the floor all wet. Oh, don't worry about the, uh, the floor being wet. When I get through with this pipe, I, uh, the place will look like the Sahara. It'll look like the Mojave. It'll look like the... Uh, <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> Well, Mr. Colby, what do you think about my plans for your house? Is it all right for me to go ahead? No. No? That's what I said, and oh, no. But why, Mr. Colby? Now, look, I don't want to argue about it now. You're coming to the house tonight for dinner. We'll discuss it further then. Okay, Mr. Colby. Ready, and I'll pick you up here in about an hour. Now, you be ready. I don't like to be kept waiting. Okay, Mr. Colby. <laughs> Zookie! Yes, Uncle Rupert. Well, the leak is fixed, the window is knocked out over the sink, and the door is off the back porch. Is it to be that back here to be that, uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's all we can do today. Let's go home. Oh, oh you can't. Hey, we forgot to put the, uh, the hinges on the door in the, in the parlor. It'll fall down. Don't worry about the parlor door. We'll put the hinges on tomorrow. But it'll fall down and, and hit someone. Zookie, nobody's going to touch it. Now, take this stuff out of the truck. I'll pack my pizza. Okay, I'm going. This is my hacksaw, my wrench, fire. Oh, I'll believe it. Yes, Zookie. Dr. Crabb is out here. He uh, wants to see you. Oh, that dog doctor again. What does he want? Well, he wants to see you. 
Okay, I'm <laughs> Hello, Christopher. How's the dog doctor today? Consultant veterinarian, if you don't mind. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Nothing's the matter with me. <laughs> Just got a catch in my throat. <clears throat> Could I have a pan of water? <laughs> well, what's on your mind? Well, I saw the fix-it shop truck outside and thought you'd save me a trip. I want Mel to fix his dog dollar. Anything else? No. From a new female hound dog from Mississippi. My, how she handles that big Boston bull who comes to court. In a... <laughs> Funny thing, she won't have anything to do with that big Boston bull. She's choosy, eh? Yes, she just won't take any bull. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Yep, and that same female hound from Mississippi is just the same about all other male dogs. Just wraps him around a little paw. <laughs> what has this canine Cleopatra got, anyway? They all love her accent, Rupert. Accent? Yep. All she has to say is, <laughs> You all? <laughs> Christopher, we were just leaving. Oh, glad you reminded me so much. But remember, horses listen to their ma and never talk to a stranger. You don't hear Silver shout, Hi, old Lone Ranger. It was well of you to invite me to your house to dinner, Mr. Colby. Oh, we were glad to have you, Mel, aren't we, Father? Huh? Oh, oh, sure, yes, yes, we're glad to have you. Well, let's get into the house where I can relax. I'm tired. Holy terrors! Who tore that hole in the side of my house? Hole, hole! Why, you... What happened to the window that was in there? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Mr. Colby. I was in the shop all day. Now, look what Rupert and Cookie did. Oh, thank you, adult-pated, feeble-minded, dim-witted... Oh, Matthew! It's Cotton Duffy! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, listen, her too. Hello, Matthew. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to see you again, Cousin Gussie. Good heavens, this place is a shambles. You're telling me. Well, gracious, how long is it going to be like this? Oh, it'll be like this for months, maybe years. Really? You wouldn't want to stay here under these conditions, would you, Cousin Gussie? And why not? Well, I didn't want to inconvenience you, that's all. Oh, I'll be the judge of my own convenience. Yes, Cousin Duffy. I have a surprise for you. This trip, I'm only going to stay six months. <laughs> yes, Cousin Duffy. Now, how do I get upstairs to my room? Right through that new door. Well, isn't it closer to the hallway? No, no, no. Go right through that new door. Well, all right. I'll see you all for dinner. Oh, 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 my goodness. What happened? Get me out from under this door! Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Cousin Gussie. Matthew Colby, now take your hands off of me. You, you, 
premeditated murderer. You, you killer, you. I've always known you didn't like me, but I never thought you'd try to kill me. Now, I'm getting out of here this minute. I'll never step foot in this house again as long as I live. Oh, here, let me help. Don't get touch me, you. You assassinator. Goodbye. <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Colby, I'm terribly sorry. Sorry? Why, son, you fixed something I couldn't fix for years. You got rid of Cousin Gussie. Oh, Daddy, then you're not angry with Mel. Angry? Why, Mel, my son, you're a genius. Gosh, thanks, Mr. Colby. I've never seen you so happy before. You don't seem your old self. Oh, Mel, you're wonderful. I'm I'm deeply indebted to you. But then maybe I can go ahead and make the, all the repairs in the house? No, maybe it's about it, Melvin. The job is yours. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> now, how soon can you get me a new window to cover that big hole? Oh, it'll only take about uh, six months. <laughs> six months. <laughs> what are you talking about? You mean that I have to live with that big hole in the side of my house for six months? But, Mr. Colby, you stupid adult painted He's his old self again. We'll be back in a moment with the Zookieism. you benefited by our experience today. Yes, my lad. Everything has a moral, you know. Just what did you learn? Well, I, I learned that, uh, that, uh, that people should uh, be uh, sick to give. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, uh, they should work hand in, uh, hand in uh, 
Hey, hey, one for all and all for will be, it will be, it will be. Ah, I learned if you want to be, to do anything right, <laughs> do it yourself. The second episode from the Mel Blanc Show is from October 29th, 1946, entitled Community Chess Show. Hollywood Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath of sweet and peace of sparkle presents the Mel Blanc Show with Mary Jane Croft, Joe Kearns, Hans Conried, the Sportsman, our guest star Bert Gordon, the Mad Russian, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and starring Mel Blanc. <laughs> Today in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop, Mel's running the local community chess drive, which is having a big affair tonight in the local auditorium. Right now, he's being interviewed by Willie Murdoch, a reporter for the town newspaper. Gee, Willie, it sure is nice of you to write a story about me. Well, that's all right, Mel. Now, let me take some notes. Tell me something about yourself, Mel. Oh, nothing ever happens to me. Mm-hmm. Led a very interesting life. <laughs> then what happened to you, Mel? Well, uh, when I was 16, I went to work in a candy factory. I was in the chocolate-covered nougats department. I put in the nougs. <laughs> you see, somebody poured the chocolate, I put in the nougs. Somebody poured the chocolate, I put in the nougs. Then I was promoted. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Somebody else put in the nougs, and I poured the chocolate. <laughs> well, one year of that, and I developed a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Her name was Sadie, and I almost married her. <laughs> you almost married her? Yeah. Had narrow escape from disaster. <laughs> and then became a big executive in an oil company. Hey, look, Willie, you're not taking down anything I say. Mel, if I put the story in your way, who would buy the paper? I would. <laughs> you would. Mel, who else is helping you on the community chest affair? Well, there's my helper, Zuki. Zuki? Yeah, he's at Mr. Colby's house right now, trying to round up some refreshing... <laughs> What do you want, Zuki? Refreshing me, refreshing me, in the meat, in the meat, in the meat, a case of soda, 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 
Well, sit down, Turkey. I'll be glad to help. Oh, thanks, Mr. Colby. Hey, you know, this is a big job for Mel. Yes, and I'm afraid it's too big for him. After all, Mel is just a little potato, but he is a sweet boy. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a, little, a little sweet potato. <laughs> well, uh, what do you suppose Mel would like, Zuki? Uh, uh, can you bake a cake? Uh, uh, not very well, Zuki. Oh, it's easy. You see, you take some of uh, flour, uh, flour, uh, flour, uh, flour, uh, flour. You, you, you take some uh, you, you take a quarter of meal, and meal, and a quarter of meal, and meal, and You take it to be two eggs, to be two eggs. <laughs> you, you buy one in the bakery. How would you like it if I brought some assorted pies? Mmm, I could go for that. Oh, wait, here comes my daughter, Betty. Mmm, I could go for that. <laughs> I mean, I like pies. Hello, Zookie. <laughs> Hello. Well, you're all spruced up today, aren't you, Zookie? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to look good tonight. Zookie... I never noticed it before, but you're handsome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, Betty, hey, you have a nice... <laughs> well, I love you a little bit. You've got a very cute little... <laughs> I love your eyes. <laughs> South America, don't take it away. Uh, Betty, Mel sends Zuki over for some refreshments for the community chest affair tonight. Oh, gosh, Father, I have a whole box full of stuff I prepared. I meant to tell you about it. Oh, oh gee, Betty, you're sweet. No wonder Mel is so crazy about you. Is he really, Zuki? Oh, yeah. Mel is so crazy about you uh, that uh, when he goes to sleep, he doesn't count sheep jumping over the fence. He, he, he counts you. <laughs> you mean he counts me jumping over a fence? Yeah. Uh, last night he was counting, and, and all of a sudden he ran out for some bandages. What was the matter? Uh, he, he said you tripped. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, thanks for everything. Oh, uh, we'll be, we'll be, wait till you see the entertainment tonight. Entertainment? Yeah. Uh, we got a special guest coming to help us out, uh, but I mustn't tell you who. You see, I, I wrote a play especially for the occasion. Thanks. <laughs> you wrote a play all by yourself? Yeah, that's right, Betty. Well, is it good? Good. Oh, it, it's sensation in the in the it, it's colossal. <laughs> Where do you hear it? <laughs> will be a bursted bubble if you have that breath of trouble. Do you think you could be a victim of this breath of trouble? I mean, unpleasing breath? Why not be on your guard? Just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. 
Well, a full moon has brought a lovely evening to Mel Blanc's little town. Perfect weather for the community chess benefit, and everybody has turned out. Right now, Mel is milling through the crowd, greeting all his friends. Well, there he is now, talking to Mr. Cushing, the president of Mel's local lodge, the ancient order of benevolent zebras. Hello, Mel. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Oh, greetings, mighty potentate. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. It's a wonderful party, Mel, wonderful. Oh, thank okay, you. I want you to meet my wife. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. <laughs> Likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> Say, Mel, the refreshments are wonderful. Good. All except that chocolate layer cake. That's terrible. Oh, but Mr. Cushing... It's almost impossible nowadays to get cement, and a woman has to use it to fill a cake. <laughs> oh, but Mr. Cushing... You know, I pity the poor guy that has to stand for that cooking day in and day out. Mr. Cushing... Who baked it, anyway? Your wife. <laughs> Well, I gotta be going now. I gotta boo, I gotta boo, boo, I gotta. I gotta boo, I gotta boo, boo. Hello, Mel. Ugga. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Brown. I'm glad you're here. How are you feeling? Oh, not so good. I can't sleep night. <laughs> uh, drinking too much coffee? No, I can't sleep on account of milk. Well, gee, if you can't sleep on account of milk, why do you drink it? Oh, I don't drink it. I deliver it. <laughs> well, nice to see you, Mr. Brown. Uh, excuse me now. I've got to start the entertainment. Oh, uh, give me a fanfare, Victor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming here tonight. We're ready to start our show with Victor Miller and the Sportsman playing and singing the hit songs from Annie Get Your Gun. <laughs> Done where we come from, they ain't had any harness. Here we're happy as can be, doing what comes naturally. Folks like us could never fuss with tools and cook and learning. Here we come from, they do be, doing what comes naturally. When you're out with the honey in the pale moonlight, you don't have to come from a great big town. Not to go picking berries in an evening gown. That comes naturally. The cash and Jeff, the same. There can, folks. Grandpa Dick's was always sick, but never saw a sucker. He Oh. 
up above, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, oh, they tell me, I can't recall he said it, I know I never read it, I only know they tell me that love is grand. known as romance is wonderful, wonderful in every way. gentlemen, we have a surprise for you. My assistant, Zuki, has written a special playlet for this occasion. It is his own amusing interpretation of the discovery of America in 1492 by Columbus. In this playlet, I am Columbus, and we have a very special guest who came here just to help us out in the play. So, here we go. Take it away, Victor. Our hero Columbus and his weary men are approaching the shores of America. History is in the making. Columbus, look! It's land! Land! (laughs) Land! Pardon me, I thought you said ham. How much can you act? <laughs> so it is, land. Stand fast, men. We are approaching the shore. Columbus, someone's coming over here. It looks like an Indian. Yes. My. He looks ferocious. I'd better advance first and sound him out. Greetings, noble warrior. How do you do? You are an Indian? By the shores of Gishigunya. Oh, I look like Mickey Runya. But I thought that Indians wore feathers. You want an Indian or a chicken? 
Indian, you speak English very well. That is most critical. <laughs> you see, when I was born, I was very young. <laughs> How unique. <laughs> I was such an itchy bitty kitty. Everybody came from miles around to look on my puss. <laughs> of course, the odds were against me. Because nobody could tell what I was. Well, what happened? And would you believe it? Till this very day, nobody discovered that I'm an Indian. <laughs> anyway, let's not waste any time. I'm, a, I'm an Indian, and I got a messenger, and I'm an Indian messenger, and I'm bumming this trip up. <laughs> I have a very big letter for you, sir. A letter, I uh, Say, uh, what's that papoose on your back? He handles the postcard. <laughs> Uh, what's your name, Indian? Me? Ugh, ugh. And, uh, what's your name, little papoose? Me, oh, God, Junior. Mm, little beaver. Redskin, can you find us a place to rest? Are you kidding? It's impossible to find a wigwam these days. Are you a veteran? <laughs> a veteran? What's that? <laughs> Well, anyway, Indian, uh, can you tell where North is? Most of course. It's very simple. You see, we Indians have a system. First, you put your, put your finger up like this. Just like this. Then you wet the point like this. And as the wind is blowing from the east, you got to be careful you don't catch pneumonia. Because if you are catching pneumonia, you are going west, young man. And this means the north and the south will have nothing to do with you. Of course, this every Indian knows. See what I mean? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Now explain it to me. Well, anyway, you brought me a letter. What does it say? White man must stop stealing Indians' land. Yours very truly, Iroquois Real Estate Company. Well, Indian, go back to your chief and tell him we are here to stay. Okay. But I warn you, if you are still here at 9 o'clock, we will make big war. Remember, the battle begins at 9 sharp. If I'm not back, go by yourself. Escucho. Yes, Colombo. I'm afraid. This is going to throw a terrible fear into the men. They're all worried. Worried? Tell them not to lose their heads. That's what they're worried about. Hey, Bigfoot! Hey, wait a minute, Andy. You're not, you're not due back here until 9 o'clock. I just came back to remind you we're on daylight saving time. <laughs> Columbus, what time is it? It's nine o'clock! You're in our glass, drip, drip. Columbus, this is no time to joke. The engines are coming and the men are too afraid to fight. Men, you can't let history down. The eyes of the world are upon us. In Spain, they're saying we're discoverers of a new nation. In England, they're saying we're men of iron. In France, they're calling us brave defenders of the world of tomorrow. What do you hear from Brooklyn? <laughs> Stand back, everybody. It's the Indian. Who's an Indian? I'm Jesse James. 
You want to know something? You sound just like the Indian. <laughs> you like him, too. Well, what do you want, Jesse James? I came here to help you build a railroad. Why are you so interested in building a railroad? I got the hold-up concession. Look <laughs> out, the Indians are shooting. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. What's very funny? There were no guns in 1492, were there? Say, you're right. They used a bow and arrow. <laughs> That's better. Oh. They got me. They got me. Gosh, one tip and it hit you in five places. It's something new. An atomic arrow. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Partner, I'm dying. You're dying? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm going to join Cleopatra. I'm going to join Salome. I'm going to join Madame Pompadour. But you're dying. What are you so happy about? <laughs> Silly boy. <laughs> A little breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, is a distinct handicap to any man or woman with ambition. So ask yourself if you could be the victim of this handicap, and then guard against it. Just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice of any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance. Now, because of you, the community test benefit tonight was a tremendous success. You were wonderful, darling. Well, Zuki had a lot to do with this. His play was really fun. And, Betty, you were swell to help, too. Oh, I was glad to help, Mel, and so was everybody else. Gosh, I'm awfully glad. It's wonderful when people help each other out. That's what the community test is for. Remember, folks, don't give till it hurts. Give till you feel good. Good night, folks. This is Martin Easton reminding you that Colgate Tooth Powder for a breakfast treat and keep the sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you meet in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finer soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap films. But Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar in. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo Shampoo at any cosmetic counter. The Mel Blanc Show was written by David Victor and Herb Little Jr. and was produced and directed by Joe Ryan. The Columbia Broadcasting System.
this next episode of the Mel Blanc Show is from January 28th, 1947, and it's titled Masquerade Ball. presents the Mel Blanc Show, written by Mac Benoff, with Mary Jane Croft, Joe Kern, Tom Conreed, Alan Reed, Joe Walker, the sportsman, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and starring the creator of The Voice of Bugs Bunny. Mm. What's up, Dad? Yes, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breasted sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show, with Mel playing his new character, Zookie. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> and starring himself in person, Mel Blank. Hi, folks. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Tonight is a big night in Mel Blank's little town for it's the evening of the annual masquerade ball given by the Loyal Order of Benevolent Zebras. All over town, young swains are displaying their costumes and getting reactions from their girlfriends. In the Adams house, Henry Adams is saying, uh, Susan, this is the best costume they had at the shop. Well, it's wonderful. You look just like Winston Churchill. And in the Davis household, Roy Davis is saying, Shirley, this is the best costume money can buy. Oh, but it's worth it. You look just like Joseph Stone. And in the Colby house, where Mel's girl, Betty, is looking at him in his costume, Mel is saying, But Betty, that's the best costume I could afford. I don't care. I won't have you going as Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Well, Betty persuaded Mel to wear another costume, and now we find Mel looking at Betty in the costume she intends to wear. Well, Mel, how do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you staring at? It's a polka dot costume. Betty, one dot? <laughs> Where's the polka? <laughs> Besides, what kind of a masquerade costume is it, anyway? Well, I thought I'd wear a veil over it, and I could go as Cleopatra, and you could go as Anthony. Well, if you wear that thing, I'd better go as Mr. Anthony. <laughs> Well, have plenty of problems. Well, I can't understand your sudden modesty, Mel. Last year I came to the ball in a suit of armor, and what did you do? You went right home and got a can opener. <laughs> well, I was afraid you you weren't getting enough air. What are you complaining about this year? Well, I don't want you to die from overexposure. <laughs> oh gosh, Betty, why should we argue? Remember the fun we had last year when the ball was over? Yes. You took me riding on that cute little horse and buggy. Yeah, and it didn't cost me a penny. Mm. Now, why did you keep stopping and getting out all the time? Well, I had to deliver milk on the way. <laughs> and you remember that cute joke you made up? Oh, it was nothing. Oh, come on. Say it again. Oh, oh no. Come on. All right. We had a great A time. <laughs> uh, now, Betty, will you wear some other costumes? No. Maybe you're ashamed of me in this costume. Well, I am not, but I won't go with you in it. I'll, I'll go with you without it. I, I mean, with it. <laughs> I mean, with it if you were in it. Oh, what am I saying? Well, if that's the way you feel, Mel Blank, then I'll go by myself. Well, that suits me fine. Here's your ticket. And about the money... Mel Blank, you wouldn't. I insist. Take the money. I'm paying for my own ticket. Goodbye. <laughs> Gosh. My first fight with Betty. We may never get married. Mel Blank, single. What a life. No steady girl. Going out every night with a different girl. To parties. Dancing with new faces. Movies. Good times. Hey, what's so bad about that? <laughs> hey, maybe... Hello, Mel. Hello, hello. Where are you going? Oh, hello, Professor Pochnick. 
Oh, just walking back to my fix-it shop. What's the matter, Mel? You look like the last rose of summer. Oh, professor, this is winter. In either case, you ain't no American beauty. <laughs> oh, Professor, I'm so sad I could cry. Betty and I have broken up. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, no. Pull yourself together, Professor. After all, it's my girl. Who's crying about your girl? I was thinking of my own. <laughs> I was once in love with a beautiful girl. What a romance. But we had to break up on account of Sonia. Well, who was Sonia? My wife. <laughs> Mel, take my advice. Never lead a double life in a single room. <laughs> Besides, you can't trust a woman. Oh, not my Betty. I trust her with any fella in town. With, uh... Oh, with, uh... With, uh... Getting a little worried already, eh? <laughs> well, the only way you could really find out about your girl is by testing her. Testing her? That's right. Once I was going with the girl for six years. Then, to test her love, I am introducing her to a friend of mine and telling him to make love to her. And then, in two weeks, I am positive... She came back to you, huh? No, she is marrying my friend. <laughs> but that's all right. All right? Sure, instead of me being worried about him, he's worried about me. <laughs> well, I know just the fellow who can test Betty for you. Hartley Benson. He's going to be at the masquerade tonight, too. Well, I don't know. I don't have to test Betty. She loves me. I'm sure of it. You're sure of it? Uh, well, let's go to Hartley's house. <laughs> Hello, Hartley. You know Mel, don't you? Oh, of course I do. Hello, hello. Excuse me a moment. I just want to finish writing this letter. Sure, Hartley. <clears throat> you know that there is no one more wonderful in the entire world. I have the greatest admiration for you and will continuously go on feeling that way. Your admirer, Hartley Benson. You want me to mail that letter for you, Hartley? That won't be necessary, Mel, old boy. You see, it's addressed to me. <laughs> and every word is the truth. Now, uh, Mel and Professor Plotsnick, what, what is your pleasure? Well, uh, I want you to test my girl Betty at the ball tonight. I'm making love to her. Uh, we want to see if she can resist you. That's hardly sporting to your girl, Mel. You know I'm irresistible. Besides, I don't know if she's my type. What is she like? Well, uh, she's, uh... She's my type. She's a she. <laughs> But uh, as it happens now, old boy, I can't do it. I happen to be engaged to Lucille Grant. What? That fat, ugly old maid? Yes. The one with a big nose and awful disposition? Yes. The daughter of Banker Grimes, a rich old tightwad? Now, just be careful how you speak of my future father-in-law. <laughs> be gone with you. Goodbye. <laughs> well, Professor Poshnik, what am I going to do? Wait, I got brilliant idea. Mel, you are a good actor. Why don't you be all the other fellows who make love to Betty? Oh, you mean put on different costumes at the masquerade and find out if she goes for me? Do it all myself? That's right, Mel. Do it yourself. It reminds me of the time in Russia when the machinery that milks the cows broke down. You think I went without milk? No. Of course not. I took matters in my own hands. <laughs> trouble, I must confide, keeps many a girl from being a bride. Do you think you could be a victim of this breath of trouble? I mean, unpleasing breath? 
It happens to thousands without their knowing. So be on your guard. Follow this sensible plan. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Well, back to Mel Blanc again. The Loyal Order of Benevolent Zebras is holding its annual masquerade ball. And Mel has chosen it as the ideal opportunity to test the love of his girl, Betty. Right now, we find him as he enters the party in the lodge hall with Professor Parkman. Gosh, everybody's here. There's Mr. Ross and his wife. There's Mr. Green and his wife. There's Mr. Brown and his... His wife must be out of town. Mel, that's Betty. Oh. Well, you see, she doesn't even recognize me. I sent Zuki over to tell her I wasn't coming at all. Gosh, I wonder how it'll turn out. Oh, look, look, Mr. Cushing, the large president, is climbing up on the stage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and fellow zebras. I welcome you all to our fair and wish you a happy... And now to start the festivities, Mr. Miller and the orchestra with the sportsmen lead off with a new novelty number, which they have dedicated to our lodge, entitled... Can't get it off my mind. It's a magic little password. It'll help you if you're shy. Just say, Ugga-ugga-boo-ugga-boo-boo-ugga. That'll get you by. If you're in a conversation and you need a quick reply, just say, Ugga-ugga-boo-ugga-boo-boo-ugga. That'll get you by. Although the sound reminds you of a couple of lovely dumpers. not a costume, Mel. I left the house in such a hurry, I didn't have time to change. 
<laughs> Gosh, I thought you had hired a new maid who was very beautiful. Well, why should you be in the kitchen? Ha! <laughs> well, now the kitchen's more crowded than ever. I'm there with the maid, and after dinner, my wife comes in. Well, what does your wife do? She watches, and I wipe. <laughs> oh, but I'm happy anyway. I've got a little cold. And you're happy? Yes. The doctor told me to stay out of draft, so my wife hasn't been able to open her mouth for two days. <laughs> Sorry for that mouth, Mel. Every time she opens it, I think I hear Jonah screaming, Let me out! <laughs> well, Mel, I think I'll go over to the bar and drown my sorrow. Mel, loan me a dollar. What do you want a dollar for? Why don't you find your wife and dance with her? Mel, look over there. There she is. She's taking off her mask. You see? Here's the dollar. <laughs> Well, and so long. Where are you going? Well, Mel, I can do one or two things. I can go to the bar and get a Singapore sling, or I can go to my wife and get Shanghai. <laughs> so long, Mel. So long, mighty potentate. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Mel, Mel, I just saw Zuki going over to Bessie. Oh, he's probably going over to deliver my message. Where is he? Over there. Oh, Zuki. <laughs> Hello, Betty. How do you like my costume? Oh, gosh, it's a beautiful. It, it, it's a little. It's a. It's also a uh, uh. <laughs> I like your costume, too, Zuki. Oh, it's a fan. It's a fan. It's a fan. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, uh, Betty, uh, Mel told me to tell you he's not coming. He's not coming? I don't believe it. Well, I crossed my heart and hope to the deed, the deed. I swear on a stack of the deed, the It's the truth and nothing but the deed. Ask him yourself. He's standing over there. I smell a rat. No, no, he's dressed like a count. A count? Yeah, he's going to test you. He's going to make believe he's somebody else to see if you love him or not. Oh, I suppose he didn't want you to tell me that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you better not listen. <laughs> mm. I guess I, uh, before, uh, I guess I, uh, him, him, uh, I, Boston, uh, uh, I, I... Sookie, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I spilled the beans. <laughs> so, that's it. Well, Zookie, I'm going to show Mel Blank. Two can play at that same game, you know. Oh, here comes Mel now. I better go. I'll see you later, Zookie. Ah, madame, I must talk to you. You intrigue me. You have such a mysterious look on your face. Your eyes say yes. Your lips say no. And your nose says maybe. How dare you talk to me? I never saw you before in my life. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I am the Count de la Inn. What's your first name? Come. <laughs> Come in? Thank you. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> See how easy I get along with you women? My real name is Lafitte. And for you, I climb the deepest river, swim the highest mountain. You mean swim the river and climb the mountain? No, no. For you, I do it the hard way. <laughs> Uh, why do we stand here talking? Do you know what lovers are doing on the Eiffel Tower? Yes. Do you know what lovers are doing in the Champs-Élysées? Yes. Do you know what lovers are doing in the Rue de la Paix? Yes. Sout alors, what a terrific eyesight. <laughs> oh, but I'm disappointed. I thought you'd take me in your arms and hug me and crush me to you. Eh, uh, just a second. Uh, don't you have a boyfriend? Oh, nothing to speak of. Just the boy I went to school with. You went to school with? Yes. 
Kiss me. I want to graduate. Hmm. High school or college? <laughs> oh, you American girls are only like. Someone proposes to you, and right away you think he wants to get acquainted. <laughs> well, well, Betty, I see you struck up a friendship with someone new. I'm glad it's not that idiot Mel Blank. <laughs> Thank heavens he isn't even here. Oh, Father, meet a distinguished visitor to our affair, the Count Lafitte de Lafitte de Lafitte. Please, that time you gave me three feet. <laughs> uh, did I hear you mention the name of uh, Blank? Uh, yes, he runs a fixer shop here. He's the town's tinker. What's that you said? I said he's the town's tinker. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. <laughs> that is very odd. In France, the blanks are a very big name. They are in the front of the French who's who. Oh, really? Certainement. In fact, the first three pages are blank. <laughs> Oh, mademoiselle, marry me. I am a lord. I will make you a lady. Well, I'm her father. What about me? I'll talk to the king, but I don't think he can make you a lady, too. <laughs> What's that you said? Oh, excuse me. Uh, I got to go. Lafayette does not know I am here. Okay, boy. <laughs> Mel, I was watching you. I think you were overdoing it a little. Oh, you mean because I kissed Betty's hand? No, because you kissed her father's hand. <laughs> Oh, Professor, I got very nervous. It looked like Mr. Colby was beginning to catch on. Oh, this idea isn't working. I'm sure Betty loves me. Now, Mel, I got one more character for you to do. If Betty can resist that, she really loves you. You got to do it. Remember, faint heart never won fair Lassie. Professor, I resent that. Betty is much better looking than Lassie. <laughs> Betty, you suppose that man was really a French count? I think so, Father. He kissed your hand, didn't he? Yes, and the teeth marks are still there. <laughs> oh, here comes a young man, Betty. I think I'll leave you. Hiya, babe. <laughs> you know I could go for a dame like you. All right. Why don't you? Well, uh, what do you want me to go to? Drugstore, grocery? <laughs> Boy, you sound tough. I'll bet you got plenty of girls. Girls? Oh, oh, you mean girls. <laughs> That's not what we mugs call them. Ever hear of a tomato? Tomato? No. Uh, try it with bacon sometimes. <laughs> Makes a terrific sandwich. Gosh, you're the toughest guy I ever met. I'm tough, all right. Feel this muscle. Gee, what a muscle. That's only the thumb. Now feel the other finger. <laughs> I'll bet you got a skirt in every town. Yeah, but I'd feel more comfortable in pants. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, you got any boyfriends, babe? Yes, just a little squirt named Mel Blank. <laughs> you know, you're you're a beautiful thing. What a picture you'd make. You should be framed. Oh, pardon me. I'm this girl's father. You're quite a picture yourself. <laughs> you should be hung. <laughs> uh, clam up, Grandpa. Go back in your cage. <laughs> Somebody throw this seal of fish. It's 12 o'clock. Everybody on that. Now I'll see who you are. Take off your mask. Well, so long I got to be going. Why? Well, uh, if I don't leave before 12, I might turn into a pumpkin. Oh, no, you don't. Mail blank. Uh-oh. Pumpkin pie. I'll break every
Well, you see, Betty, the whole thing was Professor Pochnick's idea. Oh, Mel, when you tried to imitate a gangster, I could hardly keep from laughing. Well, you had me fooled too, Betty, especially when you wore that Spanish costume. The way you showered me with kisses. Spanish costume? No, I never wore a Spanish costume. <laughs> you didn't? Oh, and I thought I was fooling you. Well, there was one time when you really did when you made love to me as a Russian. Oh. Betty, I never made believe I was a Russian. <laughs> you didn't? No. Why, that double-crossing Pochnik. you don't suspect it, a little breath of trouble, I mean, unpleasing breath, may have caught up with you. It may be the reason you feel out of things, unpopular, even unhappy. So do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. This is Bud Heaston reminding you that Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath of sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you meet in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather, quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar in. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo Shampoo at any cosmetic counter. Infantile paralysis, the great crippler, struck at 24,000 victims last year. Act now to help prevent infantile paralysis from claiming more victims. Send your dimes and dollars to the March of Dimes, care of your local March of Dimes headquarters. Remember, Mel Blanc at the same time every Tuesday night. This is PTS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. So there you have it. This is episode one of OTR Playlist. I hope you enjoyed the Mel Blank show. Uh, there's, I'll be playing more down the road, I'm sure. It's one of my favorites. I think it's a good time. And uh, if you enjoyed this Mel Blank show and you have an Android phone, sorry, iPhone guys, um, I actually made an Android application a few months back. And it's just a simple soundboard app, but it's entitled the Mel Blank show and where I basically took some audio clips from the show parts that i like different characters and uh made a little soundboard application for android phone so if you if you're interested in something like that it's a free application you can go to slideme.org do a search for the mel blank show um and you can download the app it's just a fun little app i had wanted to try my hand at doing android and uh 
I am not a developer by any means. But I used an application that was pretty simple to make uh, application. So, um, but I enjoy it. It was fun, and my kids they always get a chuckle out of it. So, uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out. And uh, ugga ugga boo, ugga boo boo, ugga. <laughs>